I realized something the other day that I'm like everybody else. Mm -hmm. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are Rochelle and Carter. And uh, it started with music. Guy driving by and his windows were kind of rolled down and his music was just crazy loud. And it was like... It was shaking your car? Yes. Yeah. yeah, We were walking at the time. So it was shaking us and everything around us. But I was like, man, could your music be louder? And And you sounded old. No, I... I sounded like a hypocrite because I told my husband, you know, I remember doing that. He looked at me like, what? You were that person? I'm like, I, it was Toby Mac. It was momentum. (laughs) And I was so excited. I have my own car now. I like people need to know the word of God. I was literally just asking my (laughs) wife about this the other day. When does that change? What age ish? When mm-hmm. does that change that it's not cool to play music loud with the windows down? It's whenever you have grown past the place of recog. I mean, you're you're now recognizing the immaturity of. It. Okay. Okay. I'm and that in- I'm imposing this on you, whether you like it or not. That changes for for different people at different at ages. Different, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think my husband matured well before me. Well, that's, before most, I, I think that's not a huge shocker. I know, just if, especially if you've listened to the anything but quiet. I know if you were like Blair and Phillips, Craig and Dean, or whatever. <laughs> you know, so my, um, uh, so we we Rochelle and I do a morning show, but we do this podcast through Hope on Demand, which we encourage you to check it out. All sorts of great hope when you need it from Christian artists and yeah. articles and blogs. Uh, and podcasts, obviously. Do not knock Phillips, Craig, and Dean, by and, the way. Well, no, what I was going to say was... Mercy came around and was awesome. You blared that. So I, I worked, the first radio station that I worked at, uh, I would put in like Dave Ramsey, uh, little the minute segments so of Dave Ramsey, of Max Lucado, of Kay Arthur, okay. of yeah. and some of them, uh, Charles Chuck Swindoll. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just kind of you know put him in my my coworker came in and he said I dare you to take one of those um, CDs. To, I mean just he wasn't tempting me just but just borrow one of the CDs and then in the high school parking lot just because I was in high school uh, just Blair Ch- Chuck Swindoll Blair with, Chuck Swindoll. <laughs> with your windows yeah. down. <laughs> I kind of feel like I did that the other day. I was listening to a, a biblical podcast uh-huh. and I couldn't locate my headphones and so to to get above all the neighborhood noise <laughs> you had it on speaker <laughs> oh my goodness but, but let me just say <laughs> what I'm going on, <laughs> when I'm go, going over in my quiet time um kind of leads me what what we were just talking about leads me to the point that uh the book of Jonah I think is meant to put a mirror in front of our face mm. it's meant to show hypocrisy it's a bit satirical the whole book is four chapters it's a real quick read it's fun it's surprising because it starts with a guy who's supposed to be the good guy you know he's the prophet this is the guy who talks to god God talks to yeah (laughs) and god talks to him and he's supposed to then deliver the message so other people can know what god has to say and jonah is just (laughs) He's a resentful character. He doesn't, he resents the fact that God wants him to deliver a message of compassion on a group of people that he has problems with, which understandable, the Ninevites are the people that he is commanded to go and talk to and tell them, you better repent Mm -hmm. or stuff's going to happen and you're not going to like it. So the Ninevites were, there were Assyria and they were a very oppressive group of people and they, they didn't do great things. That's for sure. But for whatever reason, and I will leave that with God because he knows all, 
it was at this point in history with his prophet named Jonah that he wants Jonah, a Hebrew prophet, to know these are my kids, too. Mm. They may not have come directly from your line, but they're still my kids. And I want you to go tell them they need to repent or I'm going to take them out. And so Jonah does what every good prophet should do. He's like, no. <laughs> he runs. Yes, yes. I, so you you kind of have set it up in a way that he didn't like the Ninevites, that he maybe oh, disdain. I think absolutely. I mean, you see a group of people doing bad things all the time. They 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 deserve whatever they get. They're I th- enemies. I think the way that they present this in Sunday school is that he was scared. And mm. I, I, that's just always okay. how I've kind of taken. Yeah. So I think it's very fascinating. I think I think. Um, well, I think both are are relevant to today. <laughs> you don't want to share faith because you're afraid your coworker that's an outspoken atheist or whoever. And that's there's a fear. And then yeah. also some people you just don't want to talk to at all because you don't like them. I don't want to talk to that person. Oh, Ugh. maybe it's a combination of things. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but Jonah didn't want to go. And we. Uh, I don't want to ever assume that you know the whole story, so I'll I'll go over it pretty quick. But um, the good guy isn't the good guy, okay? He's he's the the disobedient guy. He goes literally the opposite way from Nineveh, and he hops a boat with a bunch of sailors who are not of his faith. And uh, we find that out later in the story because when he's on this boat and he's down in the hull and he's sleeping, uh, there's this giant storm that comes, big waves. And the sailors are frightened and they're like, somebody did something wrong and the gods are punishing us. So right there, we're like, OK, so they're not on board with Hebrew God per se, because they're, they're talking gods, little mm-hmm. G. Right. And they discover they're like, OK, it's got to be Jonah. And I think they drew lots or they had a system back in the day. It was like, how are we going to determine it's Jonah? But they figured out it was Jonah. And the, Jonah's like, OK, well, my God is the God who created the sea. And the land. And now they're really freaking out. <laughs> like, I just, I guess I just, what did they, did they uh, cast lots or was Jonah just going, I'm just looking around. Well, and the next part, I've never really thought about it this way because uh, it seems like an integritous thing to do what Jonah does. He's like, look, my God created the sea and the land. And that scared them even more because they're like, great. So your God's real mad at you. Mm-hmm. You've just revealed to us that, yeah, I'm the guy. He's mad at me. I didn't do the thing I'm supposed to do. We're literally traveling on the thing that he created. And and you're just telling us this now. So uh, Jonah was like, okay, well, just throw me into the sea. And I promise you all will be well. And f- as a child, you talk about Sunday school. I thought, wow, you know, he really didn't want those men to suffer from his disobedience. Well, right. it could have been that way. But to me, it kind of was like, you know what? My blood will be on these guys' hands. I'm going to be able to get out of the thing I don't want to do in the first place. I'd rather die than go talk to them. Clearly, if he knows the God of the universe, then he knows the power that he has. So the only way out of of doing this thing, I mean, it it is death, right? (laughs) I would imagine because you can't run away from him. And I, you're going to take that to your grave, however early or late it's going to be, taking it to your grave that you were the prophet that disobeyed God. Mm. But he throw me into the water. And these these guys actually are more heroic than Jonah. They're like desperate. They're like, no, we don't want to kill you. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is no, it's a terrible idea. But it just gets worse. They throw him into the water because Jonah wants him to. And as soon as they do, 
the waves stop, the storm stops, everything's calm, and they start praying for Jonah. And they start praying to Jonah's God, please do not hold his death on our heads, Mm. please. So that was the least likely faith group that day. But there they were, and they're praying. Yeah. So Jonah, as you may know, he's falling and sinking and sinking and sinking, and a big fish comes along. We always call it a whale. It's a big fish, how it's described in the Bible. And honestly, to me, it doesn't really make a big difference to me. It's like, A whale's a mammal. It's an aquatic animal mm-hmm. that swallows him up and apparently also gives him some breathing space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he is in the belly of the thing for three days, and he prays this prayer, which isn't like this huge revelatory prayer. It's just acknowledging the state of affairs. It's like, I disobeyed you. Yep. I was wrong. Yep. Um, I will go and do the thing that you've asked me to do. I promise because you have saved me because I am in the belly of this beast. Yep. And then just humorously, again, maybe some satire, he gets vomited out. <laughs> yep. And and he he goes to the city of Nineveh and it says now, uh, apparently the city of Nineveh was like three miles wide. And, you know, it's not huge, but it's not super small back in the day. It would have been a, you know, a sizable town. But it talks about how it was a three days journey. And so perhaps that was over emphasized overly dramatic but this whole story is quite dramatic if you think about it it does say that jonah only walks (laughs) it's a three-day journey but he only goes one day because he's really does i don't even care if this lands in the heart of the matter i just fine he gives like a five word speech which is i mean stop doing what you're doing that's pretty much it and then he leaves (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay and wow, you wouldn't think anybody would be moved by this. But when God's in it. Yeah. Yeah. When he asks you to do something, it has nothing to do with you, per se. He just needs an obedient catalyst to work through. And so immediately the Ninevites start repenting. They like get so, I mean, they they put on this stuff called uh, sackcloth mm-hmm. and they put it even on their animals. <laughs> so like wow. even the animals are like, we're all going to just lament our sin, and we're going to beg God to not destroy us, and and we're going to repent. The king does it. Everybody does it. And Jonah's not happy about this. Like, the thing that he is supposed to have, I mean, help happen, he resents it, and he goes and he sits outside the city, and he's like, well, maybe God will change his mind. And he sits there just waiting to see what's going to happen to Nineveh, because God had told Jonah, if they don't repent, I'm going to destroy it like Sodom and Gomorrah, which we, we know, like, fire comes out of the sky. So he's sitting there waiting for this cataclysmic events and Man. God causes this vine to grow so that he'll have some shade. And he's liking that. That feels nice while he's waiting for devastation. And then God causes a worm, it says in scripture to come and eat the vine. So it dies. Now he's really ticked off. Jonah's real mad. And God says, why are you so mad about this thing that you did not create being dead? And then it kind of puts into perspective why are you so mad about people who have that much more value than this plant that I created mm. going to their deaths if yeah. they don't repent? It leaves in this question, and it's it's really one of those things that you look at yourself and say, do I love my enemies? Do I resent God for having compassion for them right. when he asks me to have compassion for them? It doesn't mean what they do against me is right. That's not justifying anything. It's It's 
Jesus calls us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hurt us. And I mean, I've heard this story a zillion times, never necessarily put the mirror in front of my face, but it's one of those whoo shock value stories now. We got a call that just blew our socks off. Yeah. It was one of the most powerful things that I've got a chance to be a part of. And Katie is her name. After we spoke about um, truly loving your enemies, and she called willing to pray for her ex-husband and his good. So I might cry a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) So y'all were just sharing about loving your enemies. (laughs) You know, as I was getting ready for work, I'm driving in now. Um, I was praying and uh, I was lifting up the people in my life. And in the back of my head, I I said, my ex-husband is Danny. I said, God, you know, I couldn't say anything. Yeah. And I don't know why he came to my head anyway. And in my head, I thought, why can't you say, bless Danny and Angie? Why can't you say that out loud? Mm. And I thought to myself, how would I feel if, you know, they were lifted up and it, and, and it would hurt? And then y'all were saying what y'all did, and it was God speaking directly to me. I wanted to say thank you. And I want to know if you would mind if we prayed together and I lifted them up and asked for blessings on them. We will join with you in that prayer. Wow, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Father God, I come before you right now. I want to lift up Danny and Angie. First, God, I want to ask your forgiveness. I want to ask your forgiveness that I do not find it easy to love my enemies. I'm human. And thank you for your forgiveness. I want to lift up Danny and Angie right now. Please bless them. Bring prosperity to them. And bless what they touch. I don't know what they're doing anymore, but bless whatever they put their hands to do, Father God. Let them have peace and bless them with health and happiness. Thank you, Lord, for all your love, and thank you for speaking directly to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless what they touch yeah. was a powerful line. Like, if bless they get they rich, if yeah. they just protection, happiness, blessings, my goodness. And she's just saying it out loud. Um, I, I don't know that she, quote, feels that. She is choosing to say those things mm-hmm. out loud. She's choosing to bless and not curse. Mm-hmm. And she is leaving it with the Lord. I, I think I use the word wheelhouse with her. Put that in God's wheelhouse. When you put that kind of praying into his wheelhouse, he gives you the strength through his spirit. It's not something we can, we're capable of. Mm. And, you know, are you going to be a Jonah or a Jesus? I think I, I made some parallel uh, connections with the story of Jonah and Jesus. Jonah commissioned by God to do something. So was Jesus. Jonah was a prophet. Jesus, the final prophet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the last stand, if you will. <laughs> and Jonah experiences the storm, but has folks throw him overboard to try to maybe get out of it. Jesus calms the storm. Jonah, in the belly of a whale for three days, finally prays his way into his mission. Jesus, in the tomb for three days, comes out giving us life. Mm-hmm. There's a tree involved in shading Jonah when it dies. Jonah is cursing the trees, upset about it. Jesus dies on the tree, gives us life through his 
discomfort. You know, I want to be a Jesus. It It's very natural to be the Jonah. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of us yeah. can relate to a character that maybe not, you know, the less comely one in the Bible, but um, I, there's a lot we can learn from that. And it's, it's about choosing forgiveness. It's only, it's a Jesus choice. And, and again, it can't fall back on feeling. She was so bold, Carter. She was so vulnerable. She's like, I, this is hard for me to do, Yeah, but I need to do this because Jesus calls me to do this. And what a great example for so many um, to, in spite of feelings, um, do just do what God calls. And, and, <clears throat> and so that great comparison of Jonah and Jesus. And so how do we do that? And what I've been going over one major highlight to this week is, um, how do we know Jesus? And mm-hmm. we've gone, we've gone over that, uh, in the past, you know, how to make sure your you know, certainty and your salvation and, and all that, um, which is, is putting your faith in him, your trust that Jesus is the only way. And so, um, somebody was concerned, uh, there was somebody I know that was, was concerned with that verse of depart from me. I never knew you. That's Jesus yeah. talking and predicting, uh, I, it's not even a prediction, just saying what will happen in the future. Yeah. Many will say, Lord, Lord, you know, we prophesied in your name. We did all these works. And then I will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And that can be scary Sure. when you feel even if you've put your trust in him but then you hear that and you're like well is there a chance that he could say that to me how can i check all the boxes so that's not me yeah yeah uh-huh. i don't I, I won't be there <laughs> and so i think it comes down to uh, i know it comes down to truly knowing him so it'd be like this my wife is an introvert and let's say that i decided to propose to her on a jumbotron at a sports stadium <laughs> knowing your wife she would not be your wife. She would not be my <laughs> wife, probably. But let's say that happened. Let's say we decide we were married. We decided to renew our vows. Mm-hmm. And I surprised her where she walks in a room. and There's 300 people in the audience to be there when we renew our vows. <sighs> Did she get her hair done? No, no, she didn't get her hair no done. Dress, it was a surprise. No, no, nothing special. No, it was actually like the day I really did propose when Ugh. she... It was a surprise, and she really didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's, it's terrible. And so um, she would hate that. She would absolutely hate that. In both settings, she would want something way more intimate, way more like just us yeah. on the beach, you yeah. know, renewing our vows. And I could be the person to say, but Kelsey, you know, if she's mad. Kelsey, I, I'm doing all these things on your behalf. I'm doing all of these great things. Like, why don't you get it? And she would say, you don't truly know me. Mm-hmm. And really what you're doing is you're doing all of those things for your for own you. sake, for yeah. your name, for your, so you can, you know, if, if, if you don't know me right. and you're doing the opposite, then what is your motivation? And it's probably to look good in front of other people. It's selfish love. It's not, that, yeah. which is not yeah. love. <laughs> which is not love, but that's great. So yeah. it's like, okay. Am I going to church to impress other people? Mm. Am I going to church to have a community to promote my business that I own or mm. wherever I work? Am I going to church to, I mean, you fill in the blank. You're just going through the motions yeah. of what you think makes you a quote, good person. Right. And that, you know, it's interesting because if, you, if you're not anchored in Jesus and making the choice every day. Because it's very easy. Like there could be a year where you're doing really well with sure. being anchored in the Lord, and then the next year, one little thing gets in in your crawl, and 
suddenly you're manipulated this way and that for evil. It's completely, it's not only possible, it happens. The story of Jonah, this is a, a person handpicked by God to speak on his behalf to people. And this guy would rather be thrown into the watery yeah. grave yeah. than go and do the message. So, I mean, it's a possible thing. So have peace with this. This is going to be a shorter episode today, but have peace with this, that what Jesus says in the book of John, John 6, um, there's some great stuff in there about specifically, we talked about that last week, actually, Jesus saying uh, it's belief in me that gets you salvation, that gets you eternal life. Mm. And so when they ask, what are the works of God? We want to do the works of God. He says, this is the work of God. Believe in the one that he sent, mm. which is obviously him. He could have expounded so much. Make sure to go to church three times a week. Make yeah. sure to get baptized because it's the water that saves you. Make sure to, he could have put every single thing out there. What saves you? It's belief in him. And when you have that belief and you truly know him, yeah. I like the way you put it. You, How did you say it? it when you truly seek to love somebody well, you will then in turn know them well. Because you, you've done the, you've done the studying. You, you know your wife now, you know? And even when you were dating her, you were seeking ways to woo her, to love her. Oh, this is a good way to propose because she's not going to like it this way, you yeah. know? And I think God knows your heart. This is not meant to strike fear in you. Oh, I need to check more boxes. No, no, no. If, they're, if you desire... It's less boxes. <laughs> yeah. If you desire to love God well, I mean, he sees that. He's checking the box. Yep. So take heart today, take peace today, and take peace to your enemies. Whew, that was mm. good stuff. <laughs>